Lucas on Life. Hello, welcome to Lucas on Life here on Premier Christian Radio. I'm Jeff Lucas, and this is the first of a number of shows where we are considering lessons that we've learned during this COVID season. Let's face it, we've never been here before. And you don't need me to remind you, but let me just remind you, lockdown, economic uncertainty, fear of the disease itself, political wrangling. There's been an unprecedented use of the word unprecedented. And it might be that we're just saying, I'd just like to get my life back. But stop right there. Do we really want to just get back to normal? Because surely there are lessons that we have learned and are learning during this season that we can capture and apply so that when all of this is over and there will come a time when we will be able to say this is all over, when we look back, not with nostalgia, but with a shudder and we say, remember that time, then we can live in the good of insight that we've gained, wisdom that we've captured during the pandemic. And so last week on this show on Premiere and also on social media, I asked you, the listener, to tell me what you've learned during COVID so far. There have been hundreds of different responses. I'm so grateful for your insights. And so we'll be sharing some of that wisdom here on Lucas on Life. And if you'd like to share some of your wisdom with me, then email me at lucasonlife at premier.org.uk. That's lucasonlife at premier.org.uk. We're thinking about lessons learned, wisdom accumulated during this COVID season. Again, I'm so grateful for so many responses from those on social media and listeners to the program as well. One thing that was very dominant in your responses is the truth that we are not in control of life, but we can control our responses. We can determine to serve God during this time. Lynn says, life changes in a minute. And then Karen said, I've realized that we have so little control of life and things can change in an instant. Dave chipped in as well. He said, what I've learned is that nothing is stable or constant. Things I've taken for granted cannot always be relied on. And then my friend Leon Evans, a pastor in Halzoen in Life Central Church, he contributed by saying that control was an illusion. People are a gift. God never leaves us. We can learn something new every day and we need to laugh at ourselves from time to time. We are not in control, but we can make decisions every day that we are not going to miss out on the opportunity to be faithful to God in a challenging season like this. Heather says, we were born for such a time as this. And the Apostle Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament in a prison cell. So being in isolation in a garden isn't quite so bad, even if it's wet. She also said that mental health can include sadness and overthinking. We need each other. Summing all of this up, Andy said, I think God was saying, this is where you are. How are you going to serve me in the situation where you find yourself? 
All of this reminded me of a story about when the British colonizers first went to Calcutta in India. They really wanted a way of keeping their beloved game of golf, and so they built their first course there. What they didn't count on was the monkeys coming out of the trees and having a really good time picking up their golf balls during a game. The player might tee off with a nice drive down the middle of the fairway, but before he could get further on, the monkey would scoop up the ball and drop it into a sand trap or behind a tree. The golfers tried trapping the monkeys, but to no avail. Others quickly arrived to take their place. And so a fence was erected around the course, which only entertained the monkeys all the more. They really loved jumping over it. Finally, there was no choice but to make a new rule for this particular golf course, and that was play the ball where the monkey drops it. I think there's application for us there. We find ourselves in a situation which obviously we would not choose, but we need, figuratively speaking, to play the ball where the monkey drops it. Where we find ourselves today, we want to be faithful to God in this season, in these circumstances. Does anyone remember post-dated checks? Does anyone remember checks, this rather useful idea that you could write a sum of money, a number on a piece of paper, hand it to somebody, and without any real technology being involved, you could promise to make the payment. It was also possible to write a post-dated check. Pay Jeff Lucas, £20, 2nd of January, 2093. I've got the check, it's just I haven't got the commitment right now. Let's not have post-dated commitment to God in this season. Let's not wait until all of this is over to be faithful. The Bible tells us that we should rejoice in trial. And in some words that I've struggled with in James chapter 1, we read, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When I first read those, I thought that somehow I was supposed to be happy about pain and sadness and tragedy, but that's not what the Bible is calling us to. Rather, we are called to celebrate not about the trial or the tragedy, but about some of the effects of that that can be formed in our lives if we will respond well. I'm not going to get excited about pain and struggle, but I can celebrate that I can grow, that I can learn, that I can re be refined, and that I can trust God. Let's know that we are not in control, but we can control our responses, and our response can be one of trust. We're thinking about lessons learned during COVID, and as listeners and those on social media have responded to my question, what are you learning during this season? A lot of you have talked about loneliness. It was Mother Teresa who said the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. And we know that we found ourselves in isolation during this time. We've had to rely on technology and thank God for it. But it does have its limitations. Jill said very powerfully in a poignant sentence how lonely this time has been. And then my heart was 
aching when I read Helen's comment. She said, the first time, this was the first time I was glad my husband had died of cancer and he wasn't in the middle of this crazy time, unable to get treatment, and that he was free from any additional suffering. She went on to say, life is short. It's not guaranteed. It changes in an instant. We can't hold on to it and our loved ones go before we expect them to. So breathe and be thankful for socks left on the floor and dropped towels and noisy music. One day life will be silent and in the silence you will long for just one dropped sock to make you smile. As I've said, we've realised that technology can be helpful, but Will remarks that there are indeed limitations. He says, people on a screen are digital renderings of people, millions of data points reassembled to look and sound like flesh and blood, which look like they can love and laugh, but they are not the same as real people who have life and breath and heart and soul. Real people can hug and hold and kiss and touch. A screen has no heart or soul. It can't kiss or hold. We need relationships with real people, real flesh and blood, real love and real soul. All of this brings me back to celebrating the truth of our togetherness as followers of Jesus in church. It was F. Scott Fitzgerald who said, the loneliest moment in someone's life is when they're watching their whole world fall apart and all they can do is stare blankly. As we ponder all of this, let's think, are there people in our lives that are staring blankly. They are facing all kinds of different challenges. Real concerns are overwhelming them. And perhaps today, with a phone call, with a note, with an email, we can perhaps bring a smile, bring some hope to their experience. All of this also reminds us of the importance, the power of actual church. Cameron said, Although I've enjoyed dipping into church services around the world through the internet, I've really struggled to engage and focus properly on our own church. I thought before that I knew how important regular fellowship is, and I've learned that it's even more important than I'd thought. Along with two friends, I run a choir and we enjoy it enormously. I've also learned that I miss singing together more than I can imagine. Lisa said, I remember the first Sunday we reconvened first corporate worship on Father's Day. When we began to sing, tears just flowed. Facebook Live was no replacement for corporate worship. And then Brenda shared how much I miss not being around people, being able to hug, shake hands, worship in the church community. I am so tired, she says, of staring at video screens, talking to people. Loneliness is a real challenge and church in whatever form it takes ideally when we can actually be together church really is precious it was f scott fitzgerald who said the loneliest moment in someone's life is when they're watching their whole world fall apart and all they can do is stare blankly as we ponder all of this let's think are there people in our lives that are staring blankly. They are facing all kinds of different challenges. 
real concerns are overwhelming them. And perhaps today, with a phone call, with a note, with an email, we can perhaps bring a smile, bring some hope to their experience. All of this also reminds us of the importance, the power of actual church. Cameron said, Although I've enjoyed dipping into church services around the world through the internet, I've really struggled to engage and focus properly on our own church. I thought before that I knew how important regular fellowship is, and I've learned that it's even more important than I'd thought. Along with two friends, I run a choir and we enjoy it enormously. I've also learned that I miss singing together more than I can imagine. Lisa said, I remember the first Sunday we reconvened first corporate worship on Father's Day. When we began to sing, tears just flowed. Facebook Live was no replacement for corporate worship. And then Brenda shared how much I miss not being around people, being able to hug, shake hands, worship in the church community. I am so tired, she says, of staring at video screens, talking to people. Loneliness is a real challenge and church in whatever form it takes ideally when we can actually be together church really is precious as we've just begun to try to distill some of the wisdom some of the learnings from our journeys through covid we've seen tonight that we're not in control but we can determine we can choose to serve god through this season We've also considered the threat of loneliness and just how important the church, the church gathering is. As we conclude our time together tonight, why not give thanks for and also take stock of your current friendships? Trisha wrote to me and said, I suppose I've learned to sift out and discover exactly who is important among my friends and family. She was saying, I need to strategically invest in my relationships. And you know, Jesus did that. He had Peter, James, and John, those special three. He knew that he could lean upon them at times of stress. He knew that there were certain events that he wanted to share only with them. So as we think about responding to this challenging season, let's consider who our friends are our family members, where do we need to invest, maybe repair? Let's give thanks for them, because as we navigate this season, we need to do it with a sense of togetherness. If you'd like to share some of your wisdom from this season with me, why not email me at lucasonlife at premier.org.uk. See you next week. Lucas on Life.